Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to episode number 61 of the Cheese Steaks and Controllers podcast presented by Fox BHL The Gambler, 102.5 FM, 1480 AM, and iHeartRadio. This is Jason Finelli, and I am the esports and gaming insider for Fox PHL The Gambler. And folks, I know we like to talk about esports and general video gaming in this podcast, but because of a vacation I am taking this week, I'm recording a little early. I'm recording on Tuesday, going to post on Wednesday. Changing up the schedule a little bit on you, but in doing so, this episode is a very esports heavy episode. Only because the general gaming news hasn't happened yet. There's a Pokemon Direct on Wednesday that I'm, I unfortunately am recording before, so I won't be able to cover on this week's show. Still have a lot to do though, and there are two great interviews coming your way this week, as well as a full preview of the Call of Duty League Championships this weekend. But before we do any of that, Let's get right in to the six in 60 seconds. The Overwatch League Countdown Cup is decided. The Chengdu Hunters will play the Los Angeles Gladiators, and the Atlanta Reign will play the Seoul Dynasty. Your Fusion lost 3-1 to one to Seoul in their only play-in opportunity. EVO Online 2021 ends as Hitachi defeats Sonic Fox in Guilty Gear Strive's North American Grand Finals. Other NA winners include IDOM and Nephew in Street Fighter V Champion Edition, and Ninja Killer 212 in Mortal Kombat 11. 100 Thieves has qualified for two major tournaments, the League of Legends World Championships and Valorant's Masters 3 Berlin, with big wins in each league. Elsewhere, Rainbow Six Siege's Year 6 Season 3 content is called Crystal Guard and features Osa, the first ever transgender operator in Siege. Wonder Woman has been announced as a new skin for Fortnite, which also adds an Among Us-like mode called Imposters. And finally, the classic PC game Myst will come to the Xbox console for the first time ever when it launches on Xbox Game Pass at the end of August. Those are your six in 60 seconds. And as always, the six in 60 seconds are brought to you today by the sponsor of Cheese Steaks and Controllers, Ghost Shaver. The Ghost Shaver is designed to feel like an extension of your arm, allowing any user to reach anywhere on the head, face, or body. The precision cutting system gives you a close and smooth shave every single time, with five rotary flex action super thin blades and a patented handle design that fits into the palm of your hand precisely. Go to ghostshaver.com to check it out and get yours. That's Ghost Shaver, a shave above the rest. 
Yes, folks, those were your six in 60 seconds for the week. 100 thieves flying high in two different esports, qualifying for Worlds for League of Legends and Masters 3 Berlin Valorant. Um, gotta love a team that dominates in multiple uh, games. 100 Thieves really flying high. And Evo, you heard those winners. Go back and watch those matches on demand. Every single one of them was awesome. But uh, we are going to focus our first segment here on the Countdown Cup. And I am angry at the Fusion. I am mad. Me and Fusion are no longer friends. However, as is the case with every in-season tournament, we have brought in the Overwatch ringer to talk me off the ledge and apparently tell me why I should be very confident in their overall playoff futures. And with that, we have Will English the Fourth of Esports GG and other esports-related ventures here with us to talk about the Countdown Cup. Will, how are you, sir? I am amazing, Jason. And like I said, man, I came to this this thing. I was looking forward to today because I said to myself, look, the, the, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Gladiators. We're going to talk about the Fusion. But let's talk about the Fusion first. Okay. They did their jobs in the Countdown Cup and they, mm. they saved their season. Okay. I want to start off by saying that they saved their season. They made it into the play-ins. And if they had any worse record than they did going into it, they would have been, it, we would have a different conversation. And I would almost agree with you. But here's the thing, right? Depending on how the Countdown Cup goes, and we have, to, we have to talk about the Countdown Cup, it's kind of a distraction for the playoffs. But depending on how the Countdown Cup goes, right, their first match in the play-ins for the, for the tournament, for the, for the playoffs, um, which is representing kind of a knockout stage, kind of they've, they've been playing all year. But to get into the actual playoffs in September, to play in, play in the eSports, all the things in, um, in September, they have to do two things. First is they got to be Hangzhou. They got to beat the Spark, which they've done twice already this year. You know, trends notwithstanding. And if records stay, you know, stay in place for the team at the top of the ladder for most of these play-ins or for, for the knockouts, if the trend continues, then the team that's going to be in the top of the ladder in the East is going to be very, very cold. If the Countdown Cup goes the way that the Philadelphia Fusion are looking for, then they're hoping that Seoul does their job and eliminates Chengdu out of the tournament because they want to play against Seoul for the, for the tournament. They want to play against Seoul to get into the playoffs. They want Chengdu to do well in the Countdown Cup this time around. Hopefully, you know, they, they can play against Seoul and make it in. Now that's the, That would be the best shot, I think, you know, uh, for the Philadelphia Fusion to make it in. They don't have good records against either Seoul or Chengdu, but the idea is it's it's a possibility, and that's all the Philadelphia Fusion are looking for, which is more than what they had going into the Countdown Cup. If they didn't do have a good record this time around, they'd be looking at the outside looking in, just like the New York Excelsior, by the way, which were one game off. They beat, you know, the New York Excelsior beat Shanghai, the most important match that they had, but then they lost against the Fusion in the, in the Fusion's run to the tournament, and now they're one game on the outside looking in. So there you go. I was I was trying to tell my, you know trying to give you some some props here. They're like the Fusion did their jobs. New York Excelsior didn't do their job, and now they're out of the, they're out of the playoffs completely. See you next season. But everyone else should be happy going into into the setup here. Now, I guess I set my expectations a little too high, or at least my hopes and dreams a little too high. If you had listened to the segment last week, uh, I had mentioned that if the Fusion were to qualify for the Countdown Cup and win it, they would be in the second slot and not have to qualify for that third slot in the Eastern Cup. I, I was hoping for that, but obviously I got ahead of myself a little bit. It's interesting that Aww. you say it's interesting that you say you'd rather see Seoul, even though in the last two weeks. Seoul reverse swept the Fusion and then beat us 3-1 in a, in a play-in to get in. So they won't have any pressure if we go up 2-0. They won't have any pressure because it's a play-in game. I'm curious why you think Seoul is a better matchup for the Fusion. 
I just just I understand the reverse sweep and everything else, but again, I'm just looking at like like kind of motivations for tournaments and people people playing in those plans. I'm lo- I'm just looking at like kind of just the raw numbers on the team at the top of the ladder in the Overwatch League just doesn't do well. Like the I think the only I think the summer showdown was the only trend to reverse to where where the top team at the top of the ladder made it in. So I'm just I'm just just going off I'm just going off feelings, man. I mean I understand I kind of start understand the raw you know the numbers that you have, but for me I'm like look if Souls at the top of the ladder they would have lost you know lost against Chengdu hopefully and then they'll just they'll just be demoralized enough right they'll just be vulnerable enough I for the fusion to kind of kind of take advantage of it and making it now again all things being equal and everybody rested up and no one you know tra- traveling to Hawaii which which again you know neither neither Eastern team needs to do they don't need to travel at all right it's just it's still, it's still a thing but you know I'm, I'm just I'm just try- like I said I'm just saying that there's a chance it's all I'm, all I'm talking about for the fusion is there's a chance and they had a better chance with it with 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 the soul in, in in the pocket versus like you know versus playing against Chengdu. If the Chengdu somehow gets upset for some reason, I think that would be the more dangerous team. You know, the, the dangerous team to play against to get into the tournament. They might buck the trend and actually win the top of the ladder. Sure. Um, so I like your optimism and I appreciate it. I'm going to hold that to heart as the uh, countdown cup rolls on, hoping for a uh, Cheng- couple Chengdu victories and a Soul knockout so that we can get that Soul dynasty. And then hopefully Fusion can beat Hangzhou, beat Soul, and get into that final eight where anything can happen uh, in yes. the Overwatch League playoffs. And speaking of anything can happen, let's talk about the countdown cup final four because three of those teams make sense. One of them really doesn't we have to talk about the la gladiators what a heroic performance they put on on uh, sunday of this week beating the san francisco shock and an absolute nail biter to get into the countdown cup um you are not high on their chances though going forward so what do you attribute their success to and why do you think the buck stops here okay so 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 let me let me talk about the west for like one second all right Imagine, imagine we have not talked about the Los Angeles Gladiators all season. They have not made it into the knockouts. They have not made it into the play-ins. They have not made it into anything. But they were consistent enough, and they had enough of a map differential to get to where they are. Actually, there are four teams tied with you know with the same record going into the West, going into this tournament, right? So now it's just a battle of who's got the better map differential, who's gonna you know who's gonna put some points together. So I do congratulate the Gladiators for you know like understanding what their what their chances are in the tournament and, and stepping up and making it in. Now and, and also too, there's a little bit of chaos theory going into the into this tournament, which I love chaos theory, right? So for the playoffs themselves, right, the the San Francisco shock, although they're in second place, could it depending on how the how the countdown cup goes, right? This is where it becomes very important. If the Los Angeles, so all, first of all, all the Los Angeles Gladiators and the rain are doing is one of them wants to get a point. Once wants to once one of those teams wants to go out in third place for the countdown for the countdown cup. And then that will put them in position to either make it into the bracket, so they'll overtake the the, the shock and get it into into the bracket, or they're going to get you know, force them into the plans. But there's also a scenario that could occur that if they both if if the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Rain both make it into the grand finals, which means that one team would get three points and one team would get two points, depending on the result, then it also could not you know us. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. It would be San Francisco shock would be down would not be one position. It's like it's the gladiators and the rain would be fighting to to um not play in the plans. But there's a, a scenario also too that the gladiators and the rain could push San Francisco out and have forced them to be in the plans to make it to the tournament. And how ironic would that be considering what, what the performance that the gladiators put up? However, however, 
I don't like, like unfortunately for the West, they don't have really good 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 records, even though with with the travel, you know, kind of kind of records in these these countdown cups. It's been it's you know, Dallas Field was the kind of the, the exception to the rule. They did make into the grand finals a couple of times, but you know, you also notice that the Dallas Field are nowhere to be found, right? Because they just kind of let off the gas a little bit. They didn't have they, they didn't have to fight as hard, you know, but to to get into the playoffs. They were already qualified after their first win in the in the countdown cup qualifiers. So I'm thinking to myself, if I'm looking at the bracket, looking at the teams that are in place, and looking at how important the Countdown Cup is to Seoul and Chengdu, look at this, right? They like, like, like. I don't. I don't, I just don't like their chances. I mean, like, like the the rain you know, limped in as well last time, and they got knocked out very, very quickly. But then you've got the Gladiators as well. I'm just like, okay, look, this is going to be a first tournament. Yeah, you know, you're going to be playing against the East. It's just, it's just, it's been, it's been chaos. It's been mayhem for the for 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 the West in all of these tournaments and stuff like that. And yes, the Countdown Cup does have hero bands and pools and everything, but. You know, I just, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't want to say it's a fluke, but I want to say that like the, 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 the Countdown Cup was strange bedfellows because a lot of the teams that could have done well decided to kind of let out the gas a little bit, therefore letting some air into the tournament for these other teams. And now the Gladiators are just, just a result of that. Like, I, I feel like if the Dallas Field did their jobs and just decided to go to Hawaii again, we wouldn't even be talking about the Gladiators right now, but they would be in the play-ins and, you know, good luck on that. But, uh, you, you know, just, just that's, that's my thing. It's just like the Gladiators being in, it's just like I think it's just a result of the Dallas Field letting off the gas. And then the, the, the fourth place team making it in versus the third place team. So it's not even a product of their own doing. It's completely influenced by the fact that other teams wanted to have a rest. And that's how the LA Gladiators have taken advantage. That is quite the interesting uh, <laughs> uh, approach there. I don't, I don't say I disagree with you per se. It does make sense. Shanghai certainly did that in yeah. the uh, eastern side. So it would make sense for Dallas to do that on the western side as well because they're in. They don't have to do anything. Um, they can just uh, take it easy and rest their players and get their uh, strategies going for the playoffs. So I like that idea. Makes sense. I don't know that I necessarily subscribe to it completely. but uh, because, And I think that's going to become apparent in our uh, predictions coming up here. But yes. um, but let, all right. So let's talk about the countdown cup and how it looks right now. So our first matchup on Thursday night, August nineteenth. So if you're listening to this when the podcast drops, um, unless I decide to drop it early, which could be a thing, um, this match will have already happened. We're talking Seoul and Atlanta. You have Seoul as a flat out three zero over Atlanta. I think Atlanta is a little stronger than that, and I actually have Atlanta winning this one three Ooh. to two. Okay. Uh, and, and a nail biter. It's going to go down to fifth map. I think Atlanta can pull it out in the fifth map. But I kind it it, it goes back to the argument where people think the east the eastern region is just flat out stronger than the western region. Um, so I can see where you might think you might get a, a sweep here. I think sweeps are hard to call, honestly. Um, and I don't. I, I just think these teams are a little bit closer than it seems. Plus, I feel like Atlanta always wins one where they're not supposed to when we have yeah, this conversation. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I'm gonna put that here and have Atlanta advance. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm again. I, I understand that like the past results doesn't include future success, but I just, I just don't, I just don't trust Atlanta playing playing against Seoul here. And also, again, I think the teams in the East have way more incentive in this in this tournament than the teams in the West do, right? Even though, again, I, I did talk about this chaos theory where like you know if somehow in some universe that the the West decide to step up, but the Gladiators' success continues and they make it to grand finals, then we're talking about something completely different for the West. And then and and, and then the, the poor 
poor San Francisco shock, right? They, they did well enough to make second place in the West, and they they're staring down the barrel of this 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 weird thing. But again, I'm not gonna opt for that. I'm just thinking to myself that Atlanta is not gonna pull this off. They got they got this this really high charge Zarya in in Seoul here, and it's just gonna gonna pull it off. And so I I I want to I want to root for Atlanta. I, I would I would I would be happy to be wrong, <laughs> but like I don't think I'm gonna be in in Seoul in Seoul winning this matchup. Uh, you're probably right, but I'm I just have a weird feeling about this is going to be the one where we're like why did atlanta win this and then they just you know they just end up winning because they feel like they want to they want to win uh second match chengdu and la we agree on the winner here but i don't think it's going to be quite the blowout you think it is i have it at three one not okay (laughs) Um, (laughs) sorry (laughs) chengdu going four and oh uh, in the East was super impressive. They're probably going to ride that wave for at least one more match, um, potentially two. And I, and as, as we talked about the LA gladiators, um, are more of, they're a bit of a, a fluke it, it, without, I don't really want to use that word, but a bit of a fluke. So uh, Chengdu not going to have any problem with them. Then that means going down to the bottom, you have Atlanta versus LA. I have Seoul versus LA. And this is where you're really going to hate me. I think LA wins that match. <sighs> Really? I do. I think LA is going to against see. Seoul. They weren't supposed to beat San Francisco. They weren't even supposed to be here. So they're supposed. They have to get one landmark win to move a little bit more further up in the standings before bowing out gracefully. And I think it's here. I think it's going to be a weird another three-two matchup. And I think LA gets one signature win before spoiler bowing out gracefully in the next round. You know, I, I wish I wish I was sitting in the room with you, right? Because I want I want <laughs> like. I want to bet you a cheesesteak that, like, they're freaking, <laughs> like, look, 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 they're not going to, oh, my God. Okay. Look, I, I, I'll put it to you like this. You can record me on saying this, right? I will I will, I will will ship you some stuff from Chicago, some from Portillo's from Chicago, if Los Angeles Gladys gets one match win. I'm not looking for a map win. I'm looking for they win one of their matches in the Countdown Cup. I will ship you uh, so, because I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe you. Seriously? One win and I get some Gold Bellies Portillo's? Yes. Oh man, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, because, like, 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 we're, we're not we're not rooting for the same cities here. But I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, this is the <laughs> one time that I'm going to push back and say I don't believe you. I don't believe. Uh, I don't believe. I, and if I'm wrong, hey, you got some portillos out of it. So sure, you know. sure. And part of this part of this is chaos theory too, right? So so. I feel like every time we've talked about these, we have then met the next time and been like, why did this team win? What happened? Right. Who are these people? Like Dallas in the first one was a great right. was, a, was a great uh, uh, example. And then they've obviously been good the entire season um, and only getting better now that Pine is finally there. Um, so, yeah, I just I think this is the one where, they, where L.A. is just going to shock the world and take a win that they <laughs> aren't supposed to have. <laughs> So here you have Atlanta and L.A. and Atlanta beating L.A. 3-2. to two. Um, Obviously very feasible. You're thinking about this a lot smarter than I am. So I'm just going full crazy mode uh, with this. But uh, all right. So moving on to the winner's side, round two. I have Atlanta versus Chengdu. You have Seoul versus Chengdu. We have the same winners. Uh, I think Chengdu gets right into the grand finals. Uh, I actually also had 3-2. to two. I guess okay. um, I, th- I just feel like Atlanta is going to play them a little bit harder. Um, having they also went four zero, did they not in the uh, yeah in the qualifiers? So that's uh, two four zero teams that I think Chengdu just ekes out a win there to get to the grand finals. So we are in agreement there. And then bowing down to the bottom, um, I would then have LA playing Atlanta. You would have Seoul 
right? Playing no. Atlanta. You have Seoul playing Atlanta. Yeah, you have Seoul playing Atlanta. And you have Seoul going to the grand finals. I have Atlanta going to the grand finals. Okay. Uh, beating LA. I think that's this is where this is where LA Cinderella run stops. I don't want you to judge me anymore. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so my finals is Chengdu and Atlanta again. I think that goes four to two Atlanta. You have four to three Seoul. So our 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 mind with the winner is the same. Yes. Chengdu is just going to they they were super strong in a very strong eastern side. It's just how we get there that you are now betting me good food. Yes. So. <laughs> yep. Like I said, you 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 put me on the record of that because I I like I like I want I want to be wrong, but you know what? Like I said, it's it's I don't I don't believe you. I, I like here I'll put it to you like this. I want to believe. I want to believe, but I don't. <laughs> but I don't. So I do not believe. Like like uh, yeah, I was wrong about the Atlanta Rain. I will I will admit to that. But the Gladiators, I don't think I'm wrong. And yes, you're a little shocked the world pun. I didn't I didn't forget that one right. Like, shock the world right. Whatever. It, no, right. I just I just don't believe it. I, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. And you know, hey, look. The, the, the consolation prize is that at least we'll see them again in the play-ins, and there might there might be a different fate there as going going into the tournament. But either way, I mean, it's just this, uh, I don't I don't I don't I don't listen, believe in the Gladiators, man. Sorry, listen, you know? it's, not, it's not the LA Valiant we're talking about here. It's, it's, the, it's the LA Gladiators. So real quick before we uh, before we adjourn on this, what is it that you would attribute the Chengdu Hunters' success to in this Countdown Cup, going four and zero in a very strong side, having no issues getting through to the qualifying round, uh, to getting to the Countdown Cup? Um, what what about their play in these four matches really has given them a bit of an edge going into this Countdown Cup, and then by proxy to the playoffs, as if they win it, they'll be one of the top two. Well, I mean, you you. you... I, I would just imagine for Chengdu, it's just like they, they've they've kind of a little bit of a revenge story, right? Because they they they've they've just been gatekeeped by Shanghai for most of the season, and sure. now you know like, again with, with like not to give not for the for the Gladiators with the Dallas Fuel in the West, kind of like 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 letting off the gas. That's one thing, but in this particular uh, case, I think Chengdu was actually a really really good team, just that they had a better team in Shanghai, and so now you kind of have like these. You kind of have most of the players on the team just like looking at looking at the Countdown Cup as a chance, as a chance to kind of you know shine and to kind of cement their place in in the East, and also too. I don't know about all the rest of the teams in the East as well. It's just like some of the, the not, minus, minus of course the, the fusion and, and and a couple other teams, but just like I, I'm looking, I'm looking at, at Chengdu and I'm just like I'm thinking like man, you know like why couldn't they play like this earlier in the season, right? Like why couldn't they play like like they are now and be this dominant earlier in the season? I don't understand why, but you know all things all things being all things considered i i think for the countdown cup and i was i was actually going to start off by saying that the countdown cup i think was, was a distraction from the playoffs because mm -hmm. for most of the teams most of the, the dies were set for most of the teams going in, into the countdown cup it's just a matter of positioning right, right. and for some teams that were looking on the outside looking in but chengdu on the other hand you know they have an opportunity they kind of had an opportunity to kind of kind of keep keep their momentum going and actually make it into the playoffs so i think it was a better motivation than just trying to win it's just like more of like no we we we, we don't want we don't want this to be a question mark we want this to be a a definite a definite issue of getting into the playoffs so i think it's it's much better for Chengdu this this time around you know all things being considered but i i i think the kind of the skill drain for shanghai was was less of an effect than the dallas field drain on the on on, on the west and the kind of the content cup this this year sure no i agree 1000 percent. shanghai basically had it locked down uh, yeah. for the first three and uh now that Chengdu has been able to stretch their stretch themselves out a little bit and show that they are just as good if not better than shanghai that would be one hell of a playoff showdown should we get that a little later on in the season so will 
thank you as always for joining us we really appreciate when you're here with us talking overwatch and everything else we will have you again uh for the playoff preview i would not do that without you uh we'll talk about the teams that need to qualify and who we think will qualify there and how it will play out from there but in the meantime will thank you so much for your time have a great week enjoy the countdown cup and we will talk again soon sir thank you so much see you Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Now, before I move on with our second interview of the day, I did want to take a look at what is coming out this week uh, because there is a ton of games coming at the end of this fantastic week. So let's dust off our glasses because it's been a while and have a taste of what's on tap. So, so far this week, we've had Humankind, a civilization-like strategy game by Sega for PC, also on Xbox Game Pass PC. On the 19th, we have 12 Minutes, a highly, highly, highly anticipated indie game uh, by one developer uh, starring Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, and Willem Dafoe that is high on my list. Plus, Recompile, a a Recompile, excuse me, a Metroidvania-style game for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. On the 20th, we have Ghost of of Tsushima Director's Cut with the extension into Icky Island, a brand new villain and brand new places to explore. And finally, Madden NFL 22, the annual football uh, NFL football game is finally here with Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes sitting on the cover. We have football, we have indie games, and we have more samurai action. What's on tap for you? Yes, folks, that is what is on tap this week. A lot of stuff coming out for you to play. You've got Madden 22, the next great football game hitting the shelves this week. My eyes, though, as as you could probably tell, are on 12 minutes. I have been all about that game since it first debuted at E3 2018, I want to say, maybe 2019. Um, and the fact that they added that all-star cast just makes it even better but enough of the fun talk we do have to get into some serious stuff here as i mentioned last week because of the um the lawsuit and everything that's going on with uh activision blizzard uh the overwatch league and now the call of duty league are starting to lose some sponsors and i've been wondering what might that what that might mean for the league and for esports in general um and to answer that question i have brought in another ringer will english was the overwatch ringer in the beginning and here we have an esports ringer one of the most prolific esports journalists uh in the industry has been doing it now for 10 years and is most recently named the editor of esports gg in the americas his name is dustin steiner and he is here with me right now dustin how are you today sir I'm doing very well, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And I am not just talking you up like that because I technically write for you. Um, (laughs) I'm sure it doesn't hurt. (laughs) I'm sure it doesn't hurt. But those are all actual real things. So first things first, before we get into the discussion about the uh, the sponsorships uh, with the two leagues, I I wanted to ask you, since you've been around for so long, in your experience, what do you think is a better approach 
for a league that wants to start in the esports realm, but wants to be able to bring in a casual, non-gaming fan that can still get involved and get into these leagues. A city-based league, like how Overwatch and Call of Duty League do it, or an organization-based league like everything else? Well, I mean, I, I think that's the $20 million or $30 million or $60 million question that Blizzard's act, asking themselves uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, honestly, it, it's really hard to say because, like, the city-based experiment with Overwatch League has only been ongoing for a couple of years now. Uh, Call of Duty League's even newer than that. It's hard to say whether we've really attracted new fans that just identify with their city and kind of form that tribalism that you see with traditional sports teams. Sure. sure. Uh, but, but that being said, I have seen a lot of a lot of interest spring up around the city-based leagues and like organizing parties and like themed like events around the teams and stuff. Um, but. Uh, you know, I do think that there is something to be said for esports as a global esport, or not esport, but sports like thing that people can identify with no matter where they live. Um, so, <laughs> I know I'm not really answering your question. It's six on one hand and a half dozen the other. Uh, but, you know, the teams like TSM, your CLGs, your. Uh, 100 Thieves and stuff have been established as their own media empires, their own right. I think that uh, that identity and like the idea around those teams have more of a resonating effect than just, you know, uh, say a Shanghai Dragons that uh, was established as a team because someone bought in and decided they wanted the Shanghai slot. Uh, so that I think that probably is the, the stronger play that has more of a record of success. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I understand how, like, the organization, you can build a brand around um, your esports teams and then build that brand into something more, which 100 Thieves has done. That Cash App compound did not build itself. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like if we're talking about, like, the, the non-esports followers, like people not like you and I who wouldn't even know what a video game is, let alone an esport, having themed uh, events and parties, like you said, in a city... Uh, I feel it can bring those people in a little bit better because as much as the esports organizations are doing well, as you said, and that's true, there's no denying it, um, they do skew towards the gaming audience. They don't really, I mean, other than signing like FaZe Clan signs, Ben Simmons or professional athletes and stuff like that, maybe you're more in tune with it than me, but I don't see them reaching out for the more casual fan as a city-based approach would do. And now also, I could be biased because without the city-based approach of the Overwatch League, this podcast would probably not exist. So I, I I, am a big proponent of the city-based um, format for that reason. Uh, but yeah, I just for, uh, I feel like the, the brands, the organizations can do more to bring in people like the parents of the kids who are watching Overwatch or watching League of Legends and stuff like that than just the viewers themselves. That makes sense. It does. Yeah, I, I do. I have seen a lot of parents able to easily more easily understand what's going on if it's a city based team, whereas like, you know. Just for just an example, when E-League used to air CSGO matches on TBS, I used to try and get my dad to tune in. And, like, he'd watch it and be like, okay, so who are these teams? I'm like, well, this is FaZe Clan, and this is this is Team Solomid, and they're, you know, they're playing Counter-Strike. And he's like, well, what city do they represent? I'm like, <laughs> well, they, they don't. They just represent, you know, 
the brand and the players themselves and whatnot and just sort of pride around that and he's like well i don't get it like why would i root for phase clan over team Sullivan? i'm like well you'd have to like the players i guess he's like, well what if i don't know the players i'm like I, I don't know what to tell you, man. They're <laughs> playing said... Counter Strike, so it, I mean, guns, guns shoot. They hit, <laughs> bang, click heads. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, then that, I think that's just uh, you know a generation of conditioning with the uh, main sports, your football, baseball, basketball, and the like. They've been they've grown up on leagues that are either city based or, to a lesser extent, college based, um, which is still territorial, like land territorial. One hundred thieves. They have a place in L.A., but they're not. The LA feet. Well, they are in one league, but they're not. You know, you know what I'm saying. So that. So yeah, I I can see where he's coming from. It, it it is. It is six of one, half dozen of the other, and it depends on what your focus is. If you don't care about the casual fan and you're just trying to get all the people who like esports to like your brand, then power to you. But I feel like um, there's a ceiling that could be broken in traditional esports uh, by adopting more of a territorial format. I think college esports. Um, could do that, but that's a whole other discussion, and I only uh, have twenty. Yeah, minutes. They, 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 they. Yeah, how long you got? That, that, <laughs> one, that one needs. That one needs a lot. Yeah, that one needs a long, long time and structure. But again, we can't. We can't get into that now. So I do want to address the topic um, that I actually brought you here for, and I and you probably prepared for, and not throw any curveball questions at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that is this sponsorship um, situation affecting the Overwatch League and the Call of Duty League due to Activision Blizzard's lawsuit from the state of California addressing their workplace culture uh, or lack thereof. Um, the Overwatch League, I have pulled up the article here, the excellent, let's shout out to uh, Briggsy Cakes at esports.gg, Brittany Gonzalez, a fantastic piece going over um, all of the sponsors that have left the Overwatch League so far. Um, if you have not looked that up yet, please, please do. They had eight sponsors at the beginning of the season, and now they have three. Um, Cheez-Its, Kellogg's, Pringles, State Farm, and T-Mobile all pulled out. Coke, Xfinity, and TeamSpeak still... Uh, still remain and then on the Call of Duty League side you have Astro which is a huge one and then the US Army which is a big is a big one but not as big as Astro in my opinion have left that league as well are these the only ones that will pull out or by the time the seasons end will we see more of a reckoning hmm. uh, I really think it's going to depend on uh, the actions of Activision Blizzard in terms of like you know what actions they take, whether or not they're listening to worker demands, um, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see which sponsors are willing to say, okay, you guys have at least tried. Uh, here's our sponsorship money continuing, or you know whether or not they just say, you know what, we're going to wash our hands of this and kind of uh, you know go our own way and let the league go their own way. Um, I'm sorry, repeat the question. Uh, do, do... Do you think there could be more sponsors leaving at the end of the season? Think of any just waiting for the end of the season to pull out. Um, maybe Activision said, "Please don't leave until the end of the season." Something like that. Sure, um, I think that's possible, but I also think that the sponsors that have stuck around so far are probably the ones that are like, you know, more willing to let their names sit there and see what they do. Um, along with the other sponsors that have already left uh, that have kind of like 
I don't know if, if left is the right word, put their sponsorships on pause, as Blizzard would probably say, but um, at least not displaying the logos and such for now. Sure. Well, I mean, that's what Blizzard and Activision would say. I don't know that T-Mobile is actually partnered with the Overwatch League anymore, based on what I've been reading. Um, maybe it's just a temporary thing that was actually leading into my next question. Could these sponsors come back? I imagine that's just a simple, yes, okay, you've done your job. Um, we are we are happy with what we're seeing. We are coming back. Uh, but there could also be a, well, the bridge is already burnt, or the, the you, know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm wondering if these brands would even come back once they have gone on hiatus or left completely. How do you feel I about that? I think that it's a lot more of a gray area than people are really giving it credit for. Okay. Um, whether or not the sponsors have, have actually departed the Overwatch League and Call of Duty League is questionable. Uh, you know, from based on what, you know, I've heard and everything, it, some of these sponsorships, you know, deals haven't really ceased. It's just they're not displaying logos while all this is ongoing. Some of it, some of the relationships have, you know, ended. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say which ones, but I, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people are, are just saying, oh, well, the logo's not there anymore. That means that they've they've completely ceased their relationship with Activision Blizzard. Not really. Uh, it, it, it's uh, whether or not they show up next year or whenever sponsors start coming back or they start announcing new sponsors, that will be more telling of uh, whether the relationship actually ended or not uh, once, the, once the controversy has kind of blown over in the public eye. Sure, sure. Now, in the Call of Duty League's... Uh situation specifically um there has been talks or rumors or hopes even of potential expansion uh for the call of duty league whether that be two more teams four more teams i personally have been calling for that because philadelphia doesn't have a team yet but they're not going to listen to just me at my microphone they would need a little more than that um do you see this affecting any plans i mean the pandemic affected their plans they just stuck with the league they already had now mm-hmm. this could also throw a wrench in that expansion plans as well um do you see that happening or is it a matter of these deals were already done just a matter of time to announce them if they were going uh, to expand if they were going to expand i would say that if anything it would affect the timing in which it was announced okay i personally have not heard if the league is expanding or not i've heard the rumors but uh, I think that, you know, if a deal was in progress and about to be signed, it might give whoever was buying that slot pause. Uh, if the deal is already done, I would say they would probably just wait to announce until, you know, things are a little bit more calm. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't think it will affect whether or not the league decides to expand. The league exists to... Uh, you know, better itself and to make Activision Blizzard money and to make the teams, presumably, make the teams money. Um, so I think that they'll expand either way, especially because there's only eight franchises in, in the in the league itself sure. as it stands right now. Uh, you know, that doesn't leave a lot of room for variety in content or variety in uh, the players that are in the league or you know the matches and that hurts viewership i'm sure blizzard or i'm sure activision is looking to remedy that situation and make it a little bit more uh 
more diverse in terms of the teams competing. Um, yeah, and they but... could even... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. They could even branch out into... So, like, where Overwatch League branched into Asia with the three Chinese teams and Seoul and uh, or four Chinese teams, excuse me, Shanghai, uh, you mm-hmm. could you could send the Call of Duty League into Europe. I'm sure there are plenty of cities there that would love their own Call of Duty League team. I feel like that's more of a, of a Western game. Uh, so you could just do what you did in Overwatch League in Europe and more in America. I don't know that they would get as many teams in the first expansion. They wouldn't go up to 20 yet. But I do no. think that there is room to expand. And again, I'm mostly saying that because I want a team in Philadelphia. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's an interesting thought. I, I, I was thinking that they would announce it like at the end of Champs, be like 2022, four more teams with more news to come. Like they could announce the teams piecemeal between now sure. and whenever the season starts. But I don't even know if they'll do that. They may just say, whoops, season's over, see ya. Yeah, they, they didn't do that for Overwatch League expansion. They didn't announce that the league was expanding until they were ready to reveal the brands and reveal where the teams were sure. and all that stuff. They didn't they didn't do it piecemeal. Um, I don't know whether or not you know Activision Blizzard esports learned something from that uh, experience and decided to space it out more to build hype, or if they want to wait until they have all their ducks in a row, everybody lined up to purchase, everybody signed. Everything's sealed. They have staffs in place, and they can start drafting rosters. Um, it, it's really hard to say. I, I personally, I would be very surprised if expansion was this off season, purely because I think that we would have heard more about it from someone. Sure. Someone would have reported that the league is expanding and like actually have concrete details. All we've heard for right now is just like rumors could the league expand is the league interested in expanding yes the league is interested in expanding well, of course they that, are. it's more money it should in their be yeah. it should be obvious um the call of duty league has been doing okay viewership wise but probably not as well as uh you might expect given the buy-ins for these franchises um it kind and it will really depend on if they can find the right buyers that are willing to grow this thing long term and aren't just looking at the numbers and going well you know it's not doing that well we could go invest in a league of legends team or uh or a valorant team for example that's more open and they can you know qualify in that way without having to pay that massive amount of you know franchise fees that's another thing Um, too for a team that might be wanting to expand are they willing to pay that amount of franchise fees for a league that is so in such current turmoil, thanks to the extenuating circumstances of the pending lawsuit. So that's another thing, too. Uh, not to mention, those uh, franchise fees from Activision are pretty, pretty high, as I understand it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about, um, at least with Overwatch League, it was you know $20 million initially 20 reported. Million. And, hmm. and then it went up when they expanded. It was even higher than the initial fees because you know they wanted to reward the people that had invested early right so you know you were talking about between 30 and 60 million now we don't know what the what they're going to charge to get into the call of duty league uh call of duty is a much more cyclical game and it's not like overwatch where there is no overwatch 2 yet there hasn't been a sequel or a next overwatch game that is true call call of duty has sequels every year and something to kind of for each for all these teams to latch onto as part of the hype and part of the uh, marketing exposure that the Call of Duty League could get, so that that alone makes could make the price higher than even the Overwatch League team slots were. We we just don't know yet. 
That is true. Um, that is a good point. Uh, so getting back into the loss of sponsors, should this become catastrophic and one or both of these leagues would need to either take a hiatus or outright fold, which I think is not really on the table, but we have to consider it in this. Uh, well, the hiatus is, the folding is what I'm saying. It's not sure. um, on the table here. Is there an eSport, and I think you already mentioned it, that you think could fill that void and become a huge, huge game with, with all of like their own viewership plus all of that extra viewership um, to become like the top eSport uh, in the industry? Um. Well, I mean, to become the top esport in the industry, that's going to be a hard order to take from League of Legends. Per, sure, like, that's, just, that's true. Just to start with, but to fill the hole that Overwatch and Call of Duty get that could could potentially leave, you have games like Valorant, which I did mention before. Riot's Valorant just had a very successful Valorant uh, Champions Tour North America event this last weekend. Very well viewed. Um, you know, players are popping off left and right. Uh, you know, a lot of these players are, or at least some of them, are former Overwatch players. That's true. So, so you know, there's already name recognition there. Like player people could easily switch from Owl to watching Valorant because they there's at least some storyline there that they're able to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, whether or not you know the question of whether or not the Call of Duty League or Overwatch League fails or takes a hiatus or, or whatever, I I think that's still very much up in the air. Um, you know, I don't think that this lawsuit—it's—it's it's a wrench for them for sure, like in the gears. But I don't think that Activision Blizzard is the kind of company to just pull the plug on something that they've put so much money into, just because you know some sponsors leave. Yeah, it, it sucks and it's not great for revenue in in the short term. But their sales team still does exist, and they've That's done a—they've done a very good job of making sure that the league is if not profitable at least making some kind of revenue off of uh off of sponsorships and i don't think that anybody over there is uh taking a break or uh taking a hiatus uh from trying to find new sponsorships or even work on repairing the relationship with the current sponsors uh but again a lot of that is going to be down to activision blizzard and bobby kodak and what they decide to do to clean house over there and like really make it a place that people want to work in and uh you know and listen to the worker demands and really at the end of the day that that should be just as if not more important than the future of the league on i'm sorry on 100 percent uh agree with you on that undisputed unarg inarguable that that should be number one priority uh and if the league happens to be a victim of that then um that's just how it needs to be because um the 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 things in that lawsuit, as I talked about for the last couple of weeks, are just absolutely terrible. Um, mm. And I hope they write that ship really fast. But uh, one more quick question before you go. This is a curveball. This is a get, get you get you on your toes a little bit. I am going to give sure. you one here. You've covered a lot of esports in your 10 years, I imagine. You've probably covered them all, at least all of the main big games. Is there one game that has persisted for a long time that you enjoy watching, but that doesn't get the love that you think it deserves. Now, we both are FGC fans. I'm not talking about that. That has its time in the sun every single year. I'm talking about um, an eSport where even for its biggest events just doesn't quite get the viewership or the uh, exposure that, in your opinion, it deserves. That's a tough question. I I think that... God. 
my younger self is yelling at me to say StarCraft right now, but it, <laughs> I, I won't. I won't. Um, I really like the game to me that has been the biggest like tier two esport that's always been there, but like just doesn't really get the kind of mainstream esports uh, attention it deserves. Rainbow Six. I, I th- that was my answer too. Yeah, I th- I think that uh, it, it Ubisoft has done a great job of turning that game from what it was when it first came out where it was just like, okay, it's just another Tom Clancy shooter, like, no one really cares, to, like, really building a, a, a true competitive scene out of it. Um, I, I think that, like, it's really hard to compete in the current FPS marketplace. Uh, you know, you've got your Valorants, your Counter-Strikes, your, uh, your Overwatches, your Call of Duties, like, that you're just trying to compete against. And Rainbow Six is such a complex game that, like, trying to get that level of casual understanding to where they can really watch an eSport, aside from, like, the finals of the major or something like that. If sure. that's on, you might get people to tune in. But, you know, to watch your, your typical group stage event, like, it's just, like, people watch it and they're like, I'm watching 40 chess. Like, what? how do I make sense of anything <laughs> going on? Um, so, you know, I, I think it's underappreciated for sure. Do I think it will eventually rise up the longer it's around? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that fan base is certainly growing and it's vocal. And I think that, you know, more people are giving it a chance, but it, it, it could use more time in the sun for sure. Sure, I agree. And as long as Ubisoft doesn't become the next Activision Blizzard, they've had their own problems as, as the, as the I story mean, goes. On, honestly, at, at this point, it, it's not so much a developer problem as it is an industry problem. That's correct. Like, this happens at, like any male dominated you know it's being a white male myself i i don't know how you know how much authority i really have to speak on this but you know in in any male dominated you know sector that this has been an issue and i think it's just a growing pain that gaming is going to have to go through and by extension esports no i agree i agree 100 percent with that because we're not even the and again like you said when it comes to gender uh orientation race all that stuff my um background is a white bread sandwich where the middle of the sandwich is another piece of white bread so it's about as as about as as generic as it gets but Mm -hmm. i will say that we're not just talking about developers here either riot has had issues ubisoft's had issues activision blizzard's had issues evo had issues before playstation came in and bought it um organizations are having issues too it is absolutely an industry problem that needs to be fixed you're 100 correct about that um no argument from me there so uh with that this has been a fantastic conversation but i will let you go here i don't want to take any more of your time uh thank you dustin for uh sitting with me today having this great conversation uh where can people find your work other than esports.gg if you have anything else floating around uh you can follow me on twitter at get steinard um other than that uh occasionally i play on stream for dungeons and dragons and you can find that stuff uh just by following me on twitter Excellent. What are you rolling right now? Uh, right now, I'm playing a, um, at least in my stream game, I'm playing a level 11 monk. Monk? So, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's been fun. I've only played, I've only dabbled in Dungeons and Dragons, but I've always gone Paladin. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, they're champions of the, the righteous and defenders of the weak. That's not a, not a bad archetype to play. Well, that's good. At least I'm not a jerk. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dustin, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, very much appreciate it. Dustin Steiner, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And to wrap us up here this week, we already talked about the Overwatch League Countdown Cup with Will English, uh, but I would like to get into the other major tournament of the weekend, and that is Call of Duty League's Championship Series. Yes, the Call of Duty League will have a world champion by the time the weekend is done, uh, with matches playing out August 19th through the 22nd. Uh, if you go to the Call of Duty League website, you can go and make your perfect bracket. Uh, if you choose all of the winners plus all of the map counts, you win $100,000 or best bracket wins ten grand. Either way, decent payout if you know what you're doing talking about the Overwatch League. I don't, but I did fill out a bracket anyway, so I'm just going to go based off of my very loose uh, interpretation of the... Uh, bracket here who i think is going to move on and what i think the uh map counts are going to look like do i think this is verbatim what's going to happen absolutely not follow at your own risk but hey let's see what we can do to get us out of here so first matchup of the champs weekend is uh 3 p.m on thursday minnesota at dallas i do think minnesota is going to upset dallas here Three maps to one just based on the strong, strong stage five that they had coming back and winning uh, in the first ever um, best of nine reverse sweep in Call of Duty League history. So I do think Minnesota rides that wave and beats Dallas here three maps to one. Second match also on the winner's side is the Optic Chicago versus Optic Chicago versus the New York Subliners. I like the Subliners a lot, but I do think Optic takes this one three to one as well. Moving down to the elimination round, uh, so here's an interesting. Oh no, I'm sorry, I have that wrong. Never mind. Um, so in my bracket, the elimination round one at 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday would be Dallas versus the LA Thieves, and I think Dallas would have no problem with them 3-0 over the LA Thieves. Um, LA Thieves, thanks for coming, but that's it for you. And then. Uh, also on Thursday in the elimination round, it would be New York versus Florida, and I do think New York takes three maps to one from the Mutineers. So my final eight after round one, uh, going into Friday, on the winner's side, I have Atlanta and Optic and Toronto versus Minnesota. And then uh, in round two, I have New York Subliners waiting for a loser from up top and the Dallas Empire waiting for a loser from up top. Going into those winners round two, I think Atlanta takes Optic three maps to one. Atlanta is still the best team in the league this year. And I do think Toronto avenges that loss for Minnesota. Three maps to two, another nail-biter. Uh, but I do think Toronto does come out ahead in this one and move on to the winners' finals. They need to get that loss 
um, out of their system. They need to get that taste out of their mouth, and the only way they're going to do it is to beat the Rocker here, and I do think that's what's going to happen. Which means that the round two elimination uh, section is going to be New York versus Minnesota. And I do think New York can take Minnesota here. Three maps to one. I think Minnesota's tournament ends here. Um, they win that first map match. And I think the magic falls out from there. Um, Optic and Dallas on the other side. I actually think Dallas is going to take this one. Three maps to two. Nothing against Optic. I like the way they play. I like Skump a lot. But Dallas won last year. Uh, they still have most of the players that got them that championship. And um, that playoff experience, I think, will pay off a little bit of dividend here and let, have them beat Optic to move on to elimination round three on Saturday. So my final four is Atlanta versus Toronto on the winner's side and New York versus Dallas on the loser's side. There are three matches that happen on Saturday. The first one being that New York versus uh, Dallas match if things happen the way that I predict and I do think Dallas ends New York season three maps to two a full five map set uh, to for Dallas to eliminate New York um, and move on to the elimination the loser side final or the elimination final on the winners side I do believe that the Toronto Ultra will take the Atlanta phase three maps to one bumping Atlanta down into the lower bracket and moving on to the grand finals with that map advantage and i also think um that they're going well we'll talk about that in a second and then the elimination final would then be atlanta versus dallas in a rematch of the first ever championship grand final in call of duty league history from last year and i think atlanta will avenge that loss three maps to one and move into grand finals once again uh, avenging, uh, getting the Dallas Demon off their back and getting into Grand Finals. And when they get there, I am predicting that despite the one-map advantage for Toronto by coming from the winner's side, I think Atlanta will take five of the six maps in the championship Grand Finals, and the Atlanta phase, the best team in the league for basically the entire year, will be your Call of Duty League champions for the year 2021. It's an easy pick, I know. People are going to say, I'm just taking the, the the best team. It's an easy, easy pick. But honestly, the way this plays out in my head, Atlanta is still very, very fired up from losing last year. They stumbled in Stage 5. They're going to recover big time, and they're going to take this tournament for themselves and bring that trophy to FaZe Clan headquarters, where they think the first one should be as well. Um, I would not be surprised if Atlanta takes... They could Atlanta could sweep every... Not sweep everybody, but they could win every match and just get in on the winner's side and, and make it, um, you know, just common knowledge by then. But I also... I, th I think that they are going to get beat somewhere down the line and have to fight their way through eliminations. Um, I do not expect them to lose again, however. I think they will take this title five maps to two a fantastic season for the toronto ultra as well uh really surprised some people especially in the latter half of the season but um i just think this is atlanta's year and no one is going to deny them the title they so desperately seek so atlanta over toronto five maps to two is my prediction for the call of duty league championship this sunday um at 3 p.m eastern time if you want to watch on their YouTube channel, the Call of Duty League's official YouTube channel, and tell me I'm an idiot. It could not. It could be two completely different teams playing for the title. I don't know, 
But um, based on my pick them on the Call of Duty League website right here, Atlanta 5, Toronto 2. Uh, with that quick little segment, that we have reached the end of episode number 61 of the Cheese Steaks and Controllers podcast, presented by Fox PHL The Gambler, 102.5 FM, 1480 AM, and iHeartRadio. I would, I would like to apologize here for the early drop. Uh, did not warn you that this was going to happen, but I am on vacation the rest of the week, so I will not be uh, recording uh, Thursday or Friday. I'll, on my normal schedule, I will be up... Um, up enjoying some time with my family before my little girl goes to kindergarten, but I don't want to talk about that right now. Um, so I'm dropping this a couple days early. Also, I did a lot of predictions in this uh, podcast. So to, I, I, I know I do it every week, but if I can get in front and put the, po- the predictions up before the events actually happen, um, I'd like to do that for once. And this was a perfect opportunity because I got both of those interviews in um, and that uh, was able to wrap up the episode on Tuesday night as opposed to Thursday night. Speaking of those interviews, I want to say thank you to Will English the Fourth and Dustin Steiner. Uh, both great interviews, and I appreciate you both bringing your insights and analysis and knowledge to this little podcast for everyone to enjoy. And with that, I will be signing off for the week. I hope you all have a great week ahead of you, weekend, and then week behind that all good times please i would appreciate that for you have a great time talk to you soon goodbye Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.